Good morning. God is speaking to us at the moment about being a fruitful people, about being a productive people. We've been talking about the fruit of good lives, the fruit of good works and the fruit of good news. This morning, I particularly want to talk about an aspect of the fruit of good lives, an area in which we can grow and learn to live life in God. If we get this right, though, it will also help us produce the fruit of good works because we get to show other people how good God is. My main text this morning is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 to 6, and I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Well, what's all this about then? Verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Seems an odd thing to do. I wonder whether you've ever tried casting your bread upon the waters. Maybe if you're feeding ducks, but probably for no other reason. What's Solomon talking about? Some people think he's talking about maritime trade. Spread your investment overseas and one day you'll reap a profit. But if we look at the context of the verses, I think we can see that that's not really what he's talking about. In verse 2, it talks about giving. In verse 4, it talks about sowing and also about reaping. And in verse 6, it also talks about sowing and then prospering. I think Solomon here is encouraging us to be generous. And I just want to be clear. I don't think this is just confined to being generous with money or generous with things. It's about being generous with ourselves, with our lives, with our love and with our kindness. Generous with our time and with our energy. Our youngest grandchild, called Finn, uh, doesn't really have a lot to give, certainly not in monetary terms, but he's very generous with his words. You're the best granny in the world. He's sowing a generosity out of his words, which sows blessing, sows kindness, sows love, and certainly uh, has a really good effect in his granny. So let's not just confine ourselves to thinking about material things. We can be generous in every aspect of our lives. The first word in this passage is cast, cast your bread upon the waters. And the word cast has the idea of just, you know, throwing it, sending it away, letting go. In other words, don't grasp hold of it. Don't hold on to it, but be generous. 
Don't be a hoarder, be a giver. In Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21, Jesus tells this parable. The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This man is thinking only of himself. He is being selfish. First point I want to make this morning is that generosity is the antidote to selfishness. When I give to others, my focus is no longer upon myself. He was a grasper. He tried to hold on to what he had. It's kind of an aside, but when I think of open-handedness and thinking about generosity, it reminds me of worship and prayer. Because when I come to God in prayer, I find that to hold my hands open like this is both a sense of letting go of anything that I have or that I think belongs to me and saying I'm giving those things to God. And at the same time, open hands is like a picture of being open to receive from God. So it's kind of an aside, but I think open handedness in prayer and in worship is connected here in some way. If you're not used to doing it, if you're not used to praying with your hands open or you're not used to worshipping with your hands open like this, I just want you to encourage you to try it. Um, it's, it's a physical action we take, but it has a profound effect on our prayer and on our worship. The next thing it says in verse one, uh, cast your bread upon the waters. And then it says, um, you will find it after many days. To be honest, if I'd cast my bread upon the waters, I'm not sure I'd want to find it after many days. He's not being literal, though, is he? He's saying that generosity bears fruit. A New Testament example in Paul's writing come in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, where he writes this. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is all part of the sowing and reaping principle. In fact, in the, in the verses that precede this, Paul is writing explicitly about the sowing and reaping principle. When we do good, we are being generous with ourselves. Again, it's not just about our finances, although it could include that. And from this passage, both in terms of what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 11.1, but in this explicitly in Galatians, we see that generosity bears fruit. Paul is here not embarrassed to talk about there being a reward. After all, it is an encouragement to us to do the right thing, to press on when it's tough and so on. But we don't want to let this to be our motive. Let generosity be motive enough. Think about how generous God has been and is 
towards you. Paul talks about sowing to the spirit instead of sowing to the flesh earlier in this passage. Sowing and reaping is a principle. It's not a formula. We don't put something in to get something out. Remember, generosity is pictured as an open hand, not a grasping hand. Jesus picks up on this um, when he's visiting a Pharisee in Luke 14, beginning of this chapter. He's dining there on a Sabbath and he says to the man, don't just invite all your rich neighbours and relatives and everything, because otherwise they just return you. Uh, they invite you in return and you've been repaid. But he says in Luke 14, 13, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. So two things. First of all, generosity is the antidote to selfishness and generosity bears fruit. There are some practical things that come out of these verses in Ecclesiastes. I want to draw out two particular things. First thing I want to suggest is that we be generous in all directions. This is verses, here are verses 2 and 3 from Ecclesiastes 11. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for we do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south, or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. You don't know what's going to happen, and you can't control circumstances. Basically, that's what's saying. If the clouds full of rain, it's going to rain. It's going to be a deluge, and it might flatten everything. If a tree falls this way, that's where it's going to lie. The tree falls this way, that's where it's going to lie. We're not in control of so many things in life. But Solomon is saying... Just give in all directions. Give to seven. Give to eight. He's not actually counting. He's just saying, give to as many as you can. Give in all directions. Give to this one. Give to that one. Whatever it may be, a financial gift, a smile, your time and energy. It's a really practical thing, generosity. And we can really go after it. It's not something that we wait until something just happens, we, we go for it. And there is a sense in this passage as well that be generous today because one day we may be the ones in need of somebody else's generosity. So let's be generous in all directions. And be generous in all circumstances. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 and 6. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap if you wait for perfect circumstances, you'll never do anything. That's what that's saying. Verse 5. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones of a womb, bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or both whether both alike will be good. Don't wait for perfect circumstances. Often we don't know that the way the Spirit is working anyway, so let's just go for it. I mean, you'd probably say that now in not perfect circumstances, under COVID, COVID regulations and lockdown and everything, but maybe this is the perfect time. God is at work in people's lives. We could be generous with a phone call or a letter or a card or a gift or, I don't know, be creative. 
um, maybe the postman or somebody who comes to your door. Find a way to be generous with people. Maybe there are people you've never thought of before in terms of um, ways, people you can bless. So think about that. Think about creative ways in which you can be generous to people. Now is a great time to sow generosity. I guess I just want to give one little note of caution when it comes to giving financially. And that is, you should never give to the extent that you put yourself into need. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is talking about um, uh, God giving seed for food and seed for sowing. Um, and there's an understanding that what God provides us with, some of it is for ourselves, for ourselves, but other, others of it is for us to sow. And let's not neglect the sowing. At the same time, don't give away so much that you put yourself in need. You just need to exercise wisdom in that. So let me sum up. Cast your bread upon the waters. Be generous. In all things, not just with money. Generosity is the antidote to selfishness. Let's be open-handed. Generosity bears fruit. If you're generous, you will be fruitful. And then be generous in all directions and in all circumstances. We're on a journey of generosity. It's a journey. We're not there yet, but we're heading in a direction. Are we on a journey of generosity with our finances? Yes, I believe we are. But are we on a journey of generosity with our lives? Let's be a generous people, doing as much as we can, knowing that the results are in God's hands. Our generosity will touch the lives of the people around us in so many different ways, so often in ways that we will never know possibly. And for some, our generosity will be part of their journey towards finding Jesus. God bless you. Amen.